Hello and welcome to this week's delayed edition of the Wish Podcast. Delayed? Why yeah. are we delayed? Well, we've had a busy, busy week. I mean, we always have busy weeks, but this week, this particular. week in particular, yeah. I mean, there was a very big hangover involved as well on one of our days that we could have recorded. Yeah, I could have recorded on that day. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I, just, I, 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 just, I just wanted to preserve the quality of the podcast for the listener, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I just, you know... I, I, don't, I don't, an apology, I, really, about that. <laughs> I don't drink very much anymore. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I really, really got hit by that one. Uh, but, no, the main reason why uh, was because yesterday we were busy boys. This, we're recording on the Wednesday, just about to start service. Uh, yesterday we were busy boys at Jigger Beaker Glass. Yeah, what is Jigger Beaker Glass, Jamie? Uh, so, I suppose it's like a, almost like a Jigger training. Jigger Beaker Glasgow, as they call it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, I suppose it's like a training... Uh, touring training program run by Bacardi Brown Foreman advocacy team, um, one of the world's sort of biggest uh, spirits uh, owners and suppliers, um, and they essentially go around to different cities across the UK and uh, put on really cool talks and trainings and interactive sessions. Seminars, I like the word seminar. Seminars, uh, almost feels like you're back at uni as well. A wee bit, the song, uh, yeah. except a little bit more fun. Some of them. Uh, and get some really cool, interesting people from the industry to come and talk to people, talk to us, and then give away some goodies at the end. Uh, but this week, in this edition in Glasgow, they asked for three Glasgow bars to, to create the drinks for the 130 guests that were going to be coming, and uh, they asked us. Yeah, we were very honoured to, uh, to, to provide a drink. Yeah, and um, we made a very, very yummy drink. Apart from, apart from one guy that was standing behind me who uh, really, really didn't like it. Really? Uh, yeah, no. What did he say? Well, we were the second drink to go out, and when the third drink came out, uh-huh. and everyone was asked if, if they liked it, uh-huh. and everyone said, oh, yeah, no, this is great. And some guy went over my left shoulder went, much better than that last fucking drink we had. Bastard! I know. It was very yummy. So it was what? It was, uh, it was Bombay Dry. Yeah. Uh, they, or Mumbai Dry, as I call it. Uh, what else did we have? We had some red pepper infused uh, martini ambrato. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely kind of sweetish uh, vermouth. Um, then we had, what the fuck else do we have? Caffeine Lime Leaf. Caffeine Lime Leaf. Yep. Uh, we had some Italicus for the beautiful bergamot flavour. Yeah. Uh, as well as some acid, pomalic, yeah. tartaric, and citric acid for a nice kind of rounded acidity, as well as some salt and some MSG. Monosodium glutamate. That's the one. Wow. Um, yeah, just to give it that umami. So it was designed to look like a glass of white wine, but taste kind of like a savoury gimlety kind of thing. Yeah, it's very yummy. Very, very yummy. Uh, but yeah, so apologies on the delay. Uh, why don't we just kind of get started? Oh, I'm Jamie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Dave. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, and this is the podcast. Music. As always, but then we're not going to do cocktail of the week or drinks one of the week or drinks of the week. No, that's oh, um, my favourite parts of the show. Well, uh, we'll just have to wait till next week uh, yeah. because we've had so many questions. We put out uh, a wee Instagram thing where you did, yeah, uh, and asked me anything. Uh, oh, sort yeah, of thing. and we were literally inundated with inundated. like five or six questions. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) No, thank you so much to everyone who did get a question in. Um, So we're going to be answering all of them uh, once we have hit all of the yummy flavours that we did last week. So, we had Sage, we had Lapsang Souchon, 
Uh, we had guava and we had peanut. Yeah, a really good mix of sort of more traditional autumny, wintry flavours. But then just to make sure we're not all feeling too depressed, we did throw in the wonderful guava mm. there as well, which was Guava's crazy and yummy. so yummy. It's just it's just the quintessential tropical flavour. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, why don't we why don't we start with guava then? Um so guava I mean we made a, a guava syrup. It's difficult to actually get fresh guava isn't very it? difficult so did I tell you that I tried to get some on Amazon yeah it's our main supplier in which this is essentially so they told me it was going to come last week uh, in time for me doing all the prep uh, however it came two days ago so that basically a week late alright and uh, it cost a tenner and I assumed I'd get some guavas however I got guava a single, you got a single Sing, guava. A single guava. For a t- how big is it? A week late. Uh, I think it's in my bag. I, I meant to show you. So yeah, week late. We'll tear into that later. Uh, so yeah. So we used the we used one the wonderful Rubicon guava yeah. juice, and it's just I mean it's the most yumminess thing in the world. But it is fizzy. Yes. The one that we were using. I wondered how that was going to work. But obviously, when you like cook it off, it sort of loses all that kind of fizz factor. Did you see any sort of difference when we were cooking it with the syrup? Uh, no. 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 That, no. So what is guava, Jimmy? Um, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. Looks like, it kind of looks like a weird apple, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you're the one that got the fresh guava. So when you tell us? I don't know. I've not opened you it. You've not yet. opened it yet. No. no it's like no. pink inside. It's like an apple cross between a pear. <laughs> but <laughs> tastes yummy and tropical. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was really, really good, and that worked well with a couple of other flavors that we were doing, especially uh, sage. Ooh. Now I forgot about this when we put together this list of flavours uh-huh. but do you remember back in the days when we were at the Cabin Room Cafe one of our friends Can Ryan we? one of our friends Ryan had a cocktail on um, that used a guava and basil syrup I don't remember that no no oh, was it was yummy was yeah it? and it was with Rubicon uh, guava as well oh Christ oh. and um, that guava and basil we did, they did I think we did it with some mezcal and some oh, other things can't remember exactly what the drink was but obviously this week we had guava and sage mm. now sage we've used quite a lot in the past yeah through mainly you making it into your wonderful uh, Scarborough Fair series of uh, things isn't it why don't you tell us about Scarborough Fair uh, Scarborough Fair I, I guess it's, a, it's an old folk song isn't it um, popularised by Simon and Garfunkel mm. uh, and in it they talk about parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme uh, so yeah sage sage is always the most dominant one in there for me so yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, eventually Scarborough Fair syrup just became sage syrup yeah. and then we infused it in loads of other stuff and we well. sage and yeah. yeah super super yummy any mm. particular favourite things we did with sage uh, like you said, I'm very surprised it went, with, went so well with guava. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super duper uh, yummy. Thank um, you. We didn't actually uh, didn't use it for some of the things that the Romans used to use it for. Oh, right. What did the Romans the use Romans it for? The Romans used to apparently use it to increase women's fertility. I mean, who knows? We might have done that. Uh-huh. Um, also for uh, warding off evil. I have heard this. Yeah, they burn yeah. it and ward off evil. Uh, and also to cure uh, snake bites. Wow. Which I feel like we've missed a trick because we could have made a snake bite sage cocktail ah. that no one would have got the reference to except from us but it would have made me happy regardless yeah. snake bite being cider and beer in a pint is that what that is I think it is mm. yeah don't know pretty certain blackcurrant is there blackcurrant in there not so sure ah, yeah something like that uh, so another use for sage is uh, I, I don't know have you ever seen the uh, the documentary about 11 Madison Avenue is it 10 Madison Avenue the restaurant Madison in New York yeah, it's yeah, like it was the best what, restaurant in the world yeah a couple of years like ago yeah. so they were reopening and uh, they couldn't get like the, the paint smell out and they, 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 it was it just like it had like a new build smell about it and they wanted to get that out so they were like burning sage and like uh, you know 
taking it all over the restaurant so that it, it kind of imbued into the fabric of, of everything. And, you know, increased all the women's fertility. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is, warded yeah. off the evil and spirits. And warded off the evil spirits, which is, I suppose... Three and one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Excellent. Um, talking about warding off evil spirits. Take away. Take away. Take was another one of our flavours. It's an excellent segue there, Jamie. Thanks. Um, yeah. Lapsang Sushong. Uh, I think bartenders love Lapsang Sushong. I think I've not been to a cocktail competition where someone has not used Lapsang Sushong. Really? Um, it's such a... I've been to one. I've been to one. Yeah, fine. Okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> In fact, I've been to one that you were at as uh-huh. well. That, that wasn't there, so you're lying again. No, yeah. it was. It was, there was there. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's a deliciously smoky black... Mm. Tea. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a bit more about it? Uh, so yeah, it's Chinese tea uh, smoked over pinewood fires. Um, Is that how it gets the smoke? Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. it gets the smoky flavours. Uh, it's taken from the fourth or fifth leaves uh, of the plant, uh, apparently. Um, See, I, I, I was totally uh, I was wrong about this because I had in my head that it was taken from the top echelon of yeah. leaves. Um, in fact, so I was so convinced of it that when we were when we were at a previous bar, I actually named a drink after this, and it was called the Picoe Crop. Pico Crop, man. Pico Crop. Um, <laughs> the Picoe is the. It was a drink that contained gin and lapsang sushong, and uh, the Picoe is the is that category it's of the, tea. from the first leaf. It's the, fir- it's first the most leaf. prized, yeah. Yeah, um, but lapsang sushong has absolutely nothing to do with that yeah it's, so yeah. essentially the fourth and fifth leaves are are, uh, are less yummy okay. so they smoke it to make it more palatable and marketable oh, interesting so yeah, yeah. yeah obviously worked really well with you know darker spirits yeah um, it has a natural sort of the smoke obviously works very well with things like smoky whiskey where that peat smoke's coming through as well as with mezcal where it has that kind of wood smoke effect um, but one thing I've always loved with uh, smoky flavours like lapsang and I actually used it in that pico crop we were talking about was uh, like floral notes as well oh, nice. like floral because it still has that natural floral note within the black tea it ties in really well with that smoke factor and the black tea and it just creates a much more delicate drink because you'd assume that Lapsang Sushong would be very dark and heavy and it can be used that way. But that kind of light floral note, we were using some metallicus with it that has that slight sort of floral note to it. Right. Um, and it worked, it worked yummy, yummy, really well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the favourite tea of uh, Winston Churchill apparently. Really? Normally he doesn't like the, uh, the black tea, tea. <laughs> um, well you'd imagine you know with all the cigar smoking and stuff it would just be this is true yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we should look into that aye um, pine nuts pine nuts there's some interesting things about pine nuts is there yeah why don't you tell me some please well did you know that pine nuts uh, when they're raw some of them from because, they, because they're growing all over the world from different pine trees right uh, some of the pine, some of the, the harvest of pine nuts is is way way too small to be able to be fit for human consumption. Like it's just there's no point. Right. Uh, animals can consume them, but uh, but then you have the larger ones. Um, and they come from all over the world, like I said. And some of them from China have been found to cause taste disturbances right. in people. So is that because they go rancid? No, so it it happens um, that sometimes when you eat these pine nuts, when they have this specific thing in them, um, it doesn't happen immediately, um, but a a few days later, uh, sometimes you might have uh, like super metallic taste in your mouth all the time, and it can last for like three days um, after ingestion. And it would, yeah, it's uh, just seemed a totally bizarre little thing that it was, yeah, that it could do that to you. That is interesting, Jamie. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. to be interested by that. Yeah. Um, 
That's, one uh, thing that I didn't realise, and you'll, you'll, much all I know about. The, the, uh, one thing I didn't realise is that it, they cut their in pine cones. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, mean, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I had no idea. They're they in like pine acorns. Trees. I didn't yeah, realise. Yeah. I just thought it was a I name just, for uh, a yeah, nut. Yeah, that's a strange one. And and the other weird thing is that lapsang sushon and uh, we we had these in the same week. Pine nut, lapsang sushon, and lapsang sushon is uh, smoked with pine wood. So that's just a ah. weird little coincidence there. Wow, How what do you that? know? 33 yeah. weeks in, we're still making interesting combinations of flavours on our flavour pantry Aye. list. Right. That's enough about flavours. Yeah. Let's get into some questions. Question time! Ah. Yeah, we thought we'd answer some questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, we've, we get loads of questions from people. Oh. Um, and then like we, said, we put, it out, put it out to Instagram and we got even more questions. We've cherry picked our favourites and we're going to dedicate the rest of this podcast to trying to get through as many of them as we can. Now, Dave, you've got them in front of you. Yeah, this is the Ask Us Anything. 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 Ask so, tenders with without attitude. further ado, okay. why don't we get into the first question? Why don't we go with a, a little bit of an easy one to get us eased in, get, oh, really? get, the, mind, get the minds going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what have we got here? So, Zach um, of Instagram uh, asks, what spirit do you wish people would order more and why? Oh. That's well, a good one. Well, Dave, what spirit? Uh, for me, um, and this is very much from your influence, uh, Jamie, because I never used it or tasted it much uh, before I met you, Calvados. Calvados. Yeah, Calvados is very versatile, very yummy, and very palatable. People who don't think they like brandy and don't think they like darker spirits, you give them Calvados and they absolutely adore it. Yeah, so it's an apple brandy. Um, It's it's absolutely wonderful. We've actually been using it quite a lot as a modifier, almost. When we sit down with guests and people say they want something sweet and they want something fruity, what I usually always try to do is try to narrow down what that fruit they're talking about is, whether they like something more berry-led, whether they'd like something a little bit more tropical yeah. and then I've now started throwing in where they want something more stone fruit led like peaches apricots and apples when people say that we don't actually have anything else really this apple flavour we don't nah. have apple juice apple um, jack no so schnapps no don't have any of it so uh, Calvados is, is the way that we go and we make a really I mean we actually have a drink called the Calvados Highball that will probably be featured on a wish classic cocktail of the week at some point maybe yeah, next yeah, week I thought so yeah um that uses Calvados, but also some gin, if people are wanting some gin. Um, and yeah, just incredibly, incredibly yummy. Yeah, what about you, Jamie? Um, I think mine's a really new one. Go on. Um, mine is Australian Agricole. I know it can't really be called Agricole because uh-huh. it's a, do- a DOM for, for the French part of the Caribbean. But um, the yummiest liquid I have tried in, in, in almost as long as I can remember has crossed our path very yeah. recently. And it's called Husk. And it's uh, made in Australia, uh, and it, it's essentially made in a very similar way to Agricole, where they use fresh sugarcane juice rather than sort of byproducts of the sugar industry to create the rum. What that means is there's so much more sugar and sort of funny, weird stuff Stinky there. Rum. There's so much more stuff there at the start of fermentation and going into distillation that it has so much more flavour. Now, we've used Agricole, and we've spoken about Agricole with regards to our Zachary before. Yeah. Um, but it can be so pungent that it's almost off-putting to yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, it completely overpowers a lot of things. Not the case with Husk, this product that I'm talking about. Uh, for some reason, 
Are they sponsoring the podcast this well, week, Jimmy? No, uh, no. <laughs> our sponsorship has gone so well over the past couple of podcasts, we actually don't have a sponsor this week. Don't um, need it. Don't need no, your money. No. <laughs> or you're pulling. <laughs> um, it kind of tastes like a mix of this really funky, agricole, beautiful rum with, like, Victoria sponge cake. Mmm. It's just like biscuity. It tastes like pandan. That's probably why I like it so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that buttery toffee popcorn thing. So uh, yeah, I really wish people would order Australian, not agricole, but kind of. Oh, I, I hope one of the listeners yeah. will make a mega mix of that. But what was it? Buttery popcorn. What was it you said there? I don't know. Buttery toffee popcorn mix. <laughs> <laughs> you know that buttery biscuit, basically. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, that's very yummy. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Well, well one other question for, for you. Uh, building on that is if you hadn't tasted husk a couple of weeks ago what would your answer have been just very shortly probably Pisco Pisco oh okay uh, Pisco uh, so then we've got another question uh, Callum McWiggin asks uh, what's the first cocktail you designed that you're still proud of ah it's an interesting one so I think um, well the first cocktail I ever designed was for the first cocktail competition I ever did which mm-hmm. is going back almost five years now Benedictine Benedictine competition oh yeah and Fucking I made a drink. I know your whole life story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I made it. I wanted to make the Glasgow equivalent of the Manhattan. Right. So I wanted to call it after a, a piece of Glasgow that was would be held in similar similar regard to Manhattan. Okay. So I called it the Park Circus. Oh no. Which is a very affluent, tiny, <laughs> tiny little area in the centre of the West End. All right. And I made a Benedictine, which is already quite sweet. I added dry, um, added um, amaretto. Yeah, it's <laughs> really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, but I did a split base strike. Okay. So I used split Benedictine with Highland Park twelve year old. Wow. Which I mean, going back and looking at it now, it was just like all these no nos. Like you don't use another like specific like branded product that is not owned by the company that you're doing the competition for. It's yeah. just a big no no. Um, but yeah, I had some good ideas with that. And then I, I think we had some Angostura bitters. I can't, there was some other sweetened sweet element, and it was essentially a Manhattan twist. I don't know if I would say if I was proud of that cocktail. Um, I've been trying to think while telling that story of a drink I'm actually, the first uh, drink I'm actually proud, proud of. Proud of, right? Maybe the Byzantine bevy. What? Oh, for, wait, okay, what was that? Byzantine, I, I kind of remember that. It had Posca in it or something? Posca, <laughs> which was kind of like off wine yeah so you would take wine and cook it until it went off with flavourings so we had hop and ginger posca mm-hmm. it used some lovely Jennifer from balls and I can't remember what else was in that drink but I remember being so intensely proud of that drink because posca was an ingredient that had been used by Aidan Bowie in that year's world class oh. finals and it was sort of a comeback ingredient like trendy yeah and Byzantine Bevy was such a great name for the drink because it dates back to the Byzantine times this posca the Byzantines. The Byzantines. And I remember so I was so it? intensely proud of it and no one else in the bar liked it. No, especially like, me. Because yeah, it, it, it had no balance whatsoever. There was, was no there was no acidity. Was and I think the acidity was supposed to come from the Posca. Well, you just weren't making the Posca right. Well, you didn't teach me how to make the Posca right then. No, you were just, uh, well, you know, that's, it's fine. Yeah, you've getting, you getting nothing, have you? I was, I was so proud of that drink. What about you? Is it, is it the famous mac and, uh, mac and cheese? Is that the one? Uh, was the one no, that? There, was, there was one before that. Yeah. Uh, it was the Hemingway's dog. Ah. Do you remember that one? Uh, also at the Finiston. Uh, so it was a drink. It was a little, a little twist on a, um, a Hemingway's daiquiri, and I guess it was like a bastardisation of the Hemingway's daiquiri and a, and a salty dog. Hmm. Um, so salty dog also uh, had a had a salted rim, and Hemingway's daiquiri, daiquiri had uh, 
fucking uh, grapefruit juice, <laughs> uh, rum, um, maraschino, um, lime. lime, yeah, yep. and then salted all this just gin and grapefruit juice. So I was trying to like meld them together, um, but it had a dehydrated and powdered samphire rim. Yeah, and uh, the the drink itself was okay. In fact, it had scarborough first. It did it? have scarborough yeah, first. Yeah, linking yeah. back yeah. to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, but the reason I'm proud of it is because it's one of the few cocktail ideas that I had ever had that. I don't think anyone had ever done before. Like, no. had you ever seen powdered samphire? Or have you seen it since? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm... It's probably the most expensive ingredient we've ever done. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was yummy. It, it was, was very, very, it was really yummy. yummy. Yeah. Because um, you get that kind of grassy note from it and a wee, wee bit of seaside vibes. And, and also salty, obviously. it's difficult to do because did we, not, we not try to do another batch of samphire um, dust mm-hmm. when we... In wished, and we, yeah. and we had we had real difficulties getting it getting it to that because there is so much moisture in samphire. Yeah. To get it to be so dry that you can turn it into powder. Yeah. Was uh, it was actually really difficult. So well, it was back. it made more difficult by the fact that our uh, dehydrator broke. So that's why we've <laughs> never done it. Ah. Remember? Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, next question. Next question. Uh, so what else we got here? We've got uh, from pocket full of dirt. Pocketful of dirt, that's a, a weird Instagram name. That is weird. What sort of wanker would have that as Instagram name? How do you decide what spirits to stock when you don't have a menu? Ah. Well, I mean, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's our microphone just died. <laughs> Fell over. Oh, no. Might need to do some maintenance on that. Right, after some maintenance, uh, yeah. that mic is uh, back. Well, when you fixed. say maintenance, I'm now holding the microphone <laughs> so that it doesn't fall over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and there's 15 minutes before, uh, before, before we, open. Before we yeah. open, so we better get the uh, move so, on here. Um, pocket full of dirt. Yeah. Um, what did he ask? Uh, how do you decide what spirits to stock when you don't have a menu? So, um, I suppose the, the, the first answer to that is yummy ones. Yeah, the ones that we like. Yeah, because the thing with not having a menu is, is that we actually really struggle to get support. Mm. brands because brands when they uh, in cocktail bars and in other bars the, the way that they uh, the way that reps can show their bosses that they have done work and got their their brands into different bars is by having them on menus and then it also guarantees a certain amount of volume to go through that going through that product because it's on a menu that people can pick from obviously we don't have that we never ever list a product anywhere yeah so I mean it's unfortunate that we don't get any money from it yeah but at the same time it also means that we just pick the things that we like to use so yeah. it's liberating isn't it and it just means that when we do get support it means so much more it does <laughs> yeah um, we generally because most of our cocktails are sold at around the same price most of the products that we stock are within a certain price bracket or two certain price brackets like yeah. a slightly cheaper version, slightly cheaper one and a slightly more expensive slightly more premium one um, so that we don't need to do cost calculations as we go on service that we know that everything can go through at roughly within you know roughly the same price yeah um, it's also I mean we do like to but we talk about a lack of support there have been some brands who have really been like shown some love to us yeah maybe not with money but with helping us out with dropping us in glassware with giving us exclusive products with you know just coming in and spending their money and bringing in guests with them and that's another big yes for us and if brands do that then that's a big reason why we will stock them as well and okay. also if people piss us off we can just drop the products like we've not signed any contracts so yeah. that's just that's a such lot as a
Yeah. <laughs> Just put a bleep in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what we got next? Um, so Barstool Solutions asks, uh, if you hadn't been a bartender, uh, what do you think you would have ended up, ended up being? Oh, why don't you start with this? Why don't you start? Uh, so, I don't know. I've, I fucking have no idea. Uh, well, so, I mean, you not been, not, wouldn't have been a philosopher? Uh, no? Christ, no. No? God, no. Yeah. No? Well, because you did no. philosophy at uni. Yeah, I did. And you enjoyed it. You did really well. I did, okay. Uh, but, number one, I don't have the smarts or discipline to be that thing. Yeah. And I don't like people who study philosophy. Ah, generally funny. speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe an author? Do you think you could have, uh, you would have tried to be an author? Again, maybe? no discipline. However, I'd, I'd have absolutely loved to do that. All my heroes are writers and, and authors and whatnot. Uh, but also, but more, more I've been thinking about it recently is just chefing. Yeah. I love cooking and I love flavours. Uh, so, if, if yeah, I, 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 might, I might have enjoyed being a chef. Hmm. Um, but yeah, writer. I, 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 I wanted to be Anthony Baldwin, essentially. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I suppose for me... I was doing economics and at, at university uh, when I found bartending and dropped out of university. Um, but I still have my, my my kind of bachelor degree from that. Aye. Um, I I don't I, I don't now I could never see myself working nine to five in an office. I don't I don't think I would be able to do it. Like you say, I I, I don't know. I discipline. Yeah, I don't know what I would have been. It's a really, really difficult question because it's difficult to look back in your life and what would have happened had I not found it. I mean, I would have had another part-time job working in something else and maybe that would have been the thing that I found loving and would have done. Maybe it would have been chefing. Yeah. Um, maybe it would have been acting. It's also just a oh, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also just a weird question because are they asking what do you wish you had been as you are right now? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think you could have been back then? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, difficult one. Yeah, uh, but hope we hope we answered that okay. Uh, Barstool solutions. Barstool solutions. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, so what, what time? What, what time are we on doing? Uh, we got five minutes. Five minutes. I think we've got time for one last question. One last question. So what we got here? Uh, which one should we do? Monkey girl um, on Instagram asks, uh, why does it sort of feel like bartenders sort of look down on uh, floor staff? Oh. The use of sort of there twice in the question. That was uh, that's a bit yeah, weird. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the way I wrote that down or if, if it's yeah. yeah. But in any case, uh, what do you think? This uh, is a difficult one. This is a different, a difficult one. Difficult um, to, because stepping on people's toes and potentially going to piss some people off with this one, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, isn't that what we it's do? So, I guess, uh, but it's something we certainly came across uh, when we worked in kind of restaurant bars. And uh, you know, uh, bars with with more staff essentially than just the two of us and, yeah. and our other mate. Um, but uh, so yeah, there there can be some friction between bar and floor, uh, floor and kitchen, bar and kitchen. Hmm. You know, th- th- these are kind of battlegrounds uh, of of hospitality. And uh, I guess the perception is that bartenders sort of look down on uh, on floor staff. Yeah, yeah. You're just explaining what the question is. You're not answering. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, so, I think what what they're asking is, uh, uh, do do we see ourselves as more skilled than floor staff? I think this is the point. Is is a, does a bartender consider themselves to be? similar to a chef or similar to front of house because Mm. that's you know chef is a very 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 different skill set to work in front of house 
and there's n literally no crossover across anywhere we've really worked where someone from the kitchen would go out and do a shift in, in the front of house oh, and yeah, on the floor or someone on the floor would go and do a kitchen shift although I did do the occasional thing in the fitness room but you know we won't talk about <laughs> <laughs> so it's whether someone from the bar considers their skill set to be so different and unique to that of the floor that you know that they would look down on the people who work on the floor right you know? we're so dancing around we're this dancing question, around this question. Uh, I would say that the, first of all it's not that all bartenders look down on all people who work on the floor mm. and in fact if you look down on people who work on the floor you're probably maybe just not a nice person yeah it's a very much like in a team where there are a significant amount of people who work on the waiters and waitresses and a significant amount of bartenders a significant amount of chefs it's very much a team effort to get through that shift and you know if one it doesn't matter if it's a bartender who's a weak link or a person on the floor who's a weak link it can equally turn that into a horrible shift to work on yeah right so there is all very much like equal importance with regards to the shift however when it gets to certain levels of bartending it can take years and years and years of knowledge in order to learn about hundreds of different classic cocktails and how different flavors work and what all the gin, different botanicals and different gins are on the gantry yeah. and things like that. That is not something that you would expect a waiter or a waitress in many cases to know. Yeah. And so I think that might be a reason why some bartenders think, oh, well, you know, I'm too good to, to yeah, do this. Yeah, I think that is the reason. Yeah. But that's not to say that, 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 that there are uh, floor staff in certain venues who are like, wildly talented and I could absolutely never do their job oh, like with, with regards to knowing all about no wine and wine lists and yeah, all that yeah. kind of shit and also just um, like the running of a floor service oh, it's which brutal. is just yeah which is something I, that I've had to learn over the past couple of years it's, I mean especially in Wished because yeah. we we take it in turns doing bar and floor and we sort of dread doing floor oh it's horrible often yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm definitely a much better bartender than I am a person on the floor yeah um, I mean it's a lot easier in Wished because you only have to talk about drinks yeah uh, on the floor so you, there's no it, it's kind of you can control every aspect of it I think yeah. is the other thing you know if you work with a kitchen then you can't control you know the, this sort of food that's coming out of that kitchen yeah. whereas here we can control every aspect of it it makes it so much easier the other weird thing is that we've kind of made it so that floor staff can't do our job on the floor you know, you know, because yeah, traditional floor staff. Yeah, because we, yeah, we, you have to have put in the years of knowledge about drinks and flavors to to, to do that at least. In fact, yeah, is yeah, I, I can't think of a more difficult front of house job at the moment in Glasgow than doing a floor <laughs> at least. Really, yeah, really difficult because you have to fucking catch people out on the street so, as well and yeah, bring them down. Really, really busy, and yeah. you've got to remember what everyone's having to drink, and they don't even know what they've had. They're having to drink because you're making it for them. Really, really bad, oh, rough. Really, we really have bad. created a golem. Yeah. And on that note, Jamie, we better uh, start this horrible thing. You're on the floor tonight, aren't you? Oh Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good luck to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll be thanks again for listening. On the bar. Uh, we'll do another one of these podcasts soon. Um, so make sure you get we have more questions in. If you didn't think we answered them properly, uh, tell us. Uh, give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a review. Do you want people to review? Nah, maybe don't review. Don't review? Nah. Yeah, give us a review. Give well, five stars only. We, five add, stars only. Yeah, five stars only. Um, and uh, as always, I've been Jimmy. And I've been Dave. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye.